My name is Mimi Bouchard, and I'm a personal development junkie that is here to help you transform your life so that you can truly tap into your ultimate potential. I'm a meditation teacher and a podcaster, and in this podcast, I am raw, I am real, and I share everything I possibly can to make this journey of self-discovery and transformation easier for you. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I have the beautiful Jordan Younger with me, the balanced blonde. We've been following each other on Instagram for a while now, so it's pretty due. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this conversation. I know it's going to be a good one. Jordan is an incredible woman, and I'm just so happy to have you on. So thank you so much for spending your precious time with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. I love everything that you're doing and everything that you share. So I know that we'll have a fun conversation and I can't wait. I know. Me too. We, we're so on the same page, I feel. You know, just talking about personal development, I'm getting more and more into spirituality and just finding myself. And I think you've been on this journey a long time as well. And, you know, you share with your audience, your podcast listeners, your whole story and you're so open, which I love because I am too. So maybe for people that are new to you, Jordan, maybe you could give them a little bit of a rundown of how you got into health, how you got into holistic healing and just finding yourself. I love that so much. Yay. Okay. So, I mean, I've been interested in health since I was so young, since I was a kid. How old are you, by the way? 24. I just turned 24 like two months ago. Yeah. I'm like obsessed with knowing people's age when they're born. We will get into all that, I'm sure. But, um, Okay. So you're young. I just turned 30 (laughs) and I feel like I'm still so young too. You are. So when, yeah, when I was a kid, I was super into health. I had a lot of health issues, which is definitely why I always leaned toward eating healthy, being interested. I was intrigued by the word vegetarian at the age of like six or seven, which is not typical, but I just felt like, oh, that sounds like something I should do. That sounds like something I would like to do. And when I was young, like I said, lots of health issues. I had whooping cough and pneumonia, which is a tough combination to have when you're eight or nine and I missed a whole year of school. And so I just got used to being this sick kid who also got a lot of attention for being sick and my friends would come over, my teachers would come over and I just started to identify with being sick and also kind of being weak in that way. And I didn't like it and I didn't think about it that much. But of course, I've done a lot of reflection now and I can see how much I always identified with that. And I also always had a lot of stomach issues. So when I was about 13 or 14, I went vegetarian and I also went gluten-free. And this was before gluten-free was a thing. There was one type of gluten-free bread that was sold in my town and it tasted like cardboard and it looked like cardboard. So this wasn't trendy. It wasn't cool. Nobody even knew what it meant, but I was just suffering and I was trying to figure out what was going on. At that age, I was getting colonoscopies and endoscopies, trying to figure everything out. Everything came back completely normal, always. And I was so frustrated because I knew something is off. Something isn't right. But if there's never going to be any answers, then how can I ever trust modern medicine? Uh, 
So it was just frustrating. And then I thought, does everybody feel this way? And some people can deal with it and I can't. And I had all these questions all the time. And then went to college, lived a very normal college life, drinking, partying, all that stuff. But on the side, I always had my my healthy interests and was always doing yoga. And my friends would joke with me because they'd be eating nachos from the cafeteria and I'd be eating quinoa with blueberries that I would like make in the microwave in my little dorm room. So this was a passion for lifelong passion. So by the time that I graduated college and was full-blown vegan at this time, I thought, I'm going to start a blog. I was following these Instagrammers. Instagram was brand new, by the way. This was 2013. So Instagram had been around, I think, since 2011. People were mostly using it for personal reasons. And I followed some people who were blogging, but it was so new. And saw their food, thought it looked so delicious, was so inspired by their life. And I felt like I can do this too. I have all these food photos on my phone. I'm obsessed with cooking vegan food, smoothies, juices. And I kind of skipped over the part where veganism at this time in my life really cleared up a lot of my health issues and a lot of my stomach issues. So I was pretty diehard. I was 21, 21, 22, started my Instagram, The Blonde Vegan, and was just so excited that there were people who started following who were interested in this way of life. And I was surrounded by supportive people in my life, but they didn't have these same interests. So I was always the black sheep, the odd one out, the healthy one, which I didn't mind. But to meet all these people online from all over the world was so exciting. People who were like, I eat this way. I have stomach issues. Oh my gosh, can you help me heal? So this was this journey where I then decided to become a health coach so that I could help people heal and have some confidence that I knew what I was talking about beyond personal experience. And then just deep dive, deep dove into all the research and went through quite quite a crazy journey from there where I wasn't vegan anymore. I wrote a book about it. This was kind of a traumatizing time in my life because very slaughtered by the media, tons of controversy. It shouldn't be controversial, but six or seven years ago, it was, for some reason, it was international news that this girl who was vegan wasn't vegan anymore. And it's so funny now. I was talking to some friends about it last night, and they're like, now you would be so celebrated for listening to your body. But back then, it was this whole thing where like veganism almost killed her was the headline, and that was never true. That was never true. I was just a young girl who was figuring out my life, my journey, and I happened to be doing it on a public platform. And like you mentioned in the in the little intro, I'm so open. So I've always shared everything kind of at the cost of my own sanity at times because people take your words, they twist them, they run with them. And I really learned that the hard way. And long story short, I've been plant-based again for about four years. And I feel like I've finally cracked the code on how to do that in a healthy way for me. And it seems to be a healthy way that resonates with other people too. But I'm not about telling people how to eat. I know that you're not either. It's all about intuition, following your own journey. And I could go on, but then I've like awakened spiritually and I've done all of this in the public, in a very public way, in my own little way, on the corner of the internet. I know I'm not um, (laughs) 
you know, <laughs> national headlines anymore, thank God, because I don't want to be in that way. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the gist. That's amazing. And I love everything you just said there, especially about intuitive eating, because for me, I re- resonate with that so much. Like, just like you, very open on the internet, I've done keto, paleo, this, that, like everything. Um, and I, you know, I came to a point about a year ago where I was like, I don't really want to title myself. Like, I, I don't want to, I don't know. I, I feel like it was a way to have control in, in some way, doing different diets and this and this and this for me, like, especially more so like intense low carb that I did for so long. And then I came to a realization about a year and a, and a bit ago that, you know, carbs aren't the enemy and I can actually, you know, feel my best and be lean and happy and just eat, you know, fruit. <laughs> right. So that was a big thing for me. And, um, now I am leaning more plant-based. So I definitely want to talk to you about this as well, but, um, yeah, it's definitely a journey. I think every single person has such a you know different journey with food, you know, how we're brought up, whether it's for weight loss reasons or health reasons or whatever it is. I, I think so many of us can resonate with the fact that at the end of the day, not labeling ourselves and just realizing it's all about in, intuition, intuitive eating. That's that's the biggest thing, right? So how do you label intuitive eating? Because um, I know a lot of people listening right now, right now might say, you know, I'm craving a big piece of pizza and I'm craving sweets. I can't trust myself to be intuitive. What would you say to someone right. like that? Right. I mean, first of all, I'll say carbs are my best friend. I'm obsessed with carbs and I did exactly what you did. I was keto. keto whoa. I almost <laughs> keto. Paleo <laughs> and keto, which is basically what I was doing. Yeah. Um, I was all those things because after I was vegan, I felt this intense need to swing the pendulum the other way mm-hmm. and think, well, if that wasn't working for me and if all these people are telling me that it's not working for me, I might as well. Oh, there's my cat. Um, <laughs> I might as well just eat all the meat, all the eggs, all the fat, all the oil. And that's not how my body rolls at all. So physically, I was not healthy at all. I mean, my skin was a mess. I had cystic acne. I gained 40 pounds in two months. And it's Me not about you. Yeah. And, and it wasn't just the food that I was eating. My hormones were freaking out and I was suffering from Lyme disease, which I didn't know at the time. Mold toxicity. I was living in a moldy apartment. I didn't know any of this. So my, I thought my body was just rejecting me and everything I was doing. And I had a few different nutritionists and functional medicine doctors, and they just kept saying, wait, this is weird. You're eating in this way. This shouldn't be happening. So we were running all these tests. I was diagnosed with SIBO, candida, parasites, treating all that with a lot of Western medicine and eating completely keto and thinking if I just eat more keto and if I just run more marathons, like something's got to give here. But no, my body was... What, what I really think of it, it was energetically swollen. It was, it's all energy, right? All this stuff is energy. So I was swollen and puffy. And I hate to even mention weight because weight means nothing to me. I don't weigh myself. I go off of how I feel. And how I feel is everything. And at that time, I didn't feel good at all. And if you are gaining a lot of weight really rapidly, that's definitely a sign that something medically is wrong. Unless you're like... 
binge eating and not working out, which is not what was happening at all. So it was very scary. It was very weird. I learned that my cortisol was very high and very high. And I was doing a lot of high intensity workouts and eating keto. And that's a very masculine way of living. When I really had to like swing back to living this feminine flowy life of, of a way that's really intuitive, which I had to figure out all for myself and took me many years. So, um, intuitive eating to me is so different for all people. And people do say, I think a really big thing that kind of scares people about intuitive eating is if they just start eating intuitively, then they will just crave pizza and ice cream and all that kind of stuff. And I think for some people who've been restrictive in the past, it's very healthy to swing back and show yourself you can eat those things and you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And in, intuitively, if that's what you feel like you want, maybe you can substitute it with a gluten-free vegan pizza, which these days, luckily, is like so delicious. There's so many different options. Um, or like a healthy, lower sugar, lower glycemic ice cream or something like that. Or just go all out with the actual pizza and the actual ice cream. And once you do that enough, your body if you're truly listening to your intuition, isn't going to keep asking for it. It's going to start asking for something healthy. And healthy is all relative. For me, I love a kale salad. I love a green smoothie. I love a big macrobiotic bowl with quinoa and beans and kimchi and sweet potato. Um, for some people, that's not going to be a plant-based you know, choice, and that's also fine. So I think if you're truly listening to your intuition – then you're able to distinguish between this craving, which is much more mental because mentally you need to heal that rigidity and then an actual physical craving of what your body needs. And yeah. something that I've learned that has really helped me a lot is if you're craving something specific over and over and over, like I was always craving a lot of chocolate in like an obsessive kind of way, always craving chocolate. I realized I was deficient in magnesium. And I was also deficient in iron. So I was craving that like dark, bitter um, cacao type of chocolate and to the point where I couldn't get enough. I would mix it into my breakfast oatmeal. I would need to eat chocolate after every meal. Nothing wrong with doing that, but it wasn't really serving me. It felt like an addiction. And then I realized I need to start taking magnesium supplements and I need to get my, um, my digestion regulated my digestion was super off. So if you have a lot going on in your gut, then it's definitely worth going to a holistic doctor, a functional medicine doctor, somebody who can test your actual what's going on in your gut and what's going on in your blood. Because if you're in balance there, then eating intuitively is going to be hard. Mm -hmm. And I've been there. I can speak from experience. It's so hard. And once you go on that journey to regulate everything, to regulate your hormones, your nutrients, the minerals in your body, your body will crave things that are good for you. And then you can indulge in a healthy way, which I feel like I do every single day. I mean, if you're not feeling joy when you're eating your food, then you got to get back to joy. And when you feel joyful, it's so much more fun to be intuitive. And then it's not a rule. And then it's not a um, restrictive thing. Like mm -hmm. intuitive can be so fun. 
So every night now that I'm back in this intuitive plant-based swing, which I have been for years, I'm like, what do I want? Do I want to order the healthy, delicious, gluten-free vegan pizza um, from my favorite place in Venice? Or do I want to make like a super healthy salad filled with herbs, filled with walnuts, filled with my homemade salt oil sugar-free dressing? And every night is different. And to know that every day is not going to be the same. Because I think... Mm that was a big mentality for me. I don't know about if you experienced this, but when I was really struggling, I felt like if something worked for me one day, I should eat it every day because I was so confused and so lost and like, oh my gosh, if that worked, I'm going to hold on to it for dear life. And it's so freeing to be out of that cycle. Mm -hmm. You know what has really helped me? Um, I think it's all about the beliefs and I know that you agree with this as well. For me, I didn't have any health issues per se. It was more I always wanted to lose weight, like full transparency, always wanted to lose weight. Um, I was like 15 pounds heavier like two years ago, three years ago, like for a while, and it didn't feel right on my body. I always felt like it was really hard to lose weight, and that's why I tried all these different diets, and and I always – it's so funny because then you go back to the first – I don't know, like 50 or 60 episodes of this podcast. Um, it's all about like, oh, like keto people coming on. Like how, like it was, it was obsessed with that, right? And then I came to a realization around that time that I told you a year and a half ago where it was like, wow, maybe it's not hard and maybe I can actually listen to myself and it doesn't have to be this really intense thing. And maybe I was conditioned my entire life to have beliefs around food and body to, that, to make it, you know, like for example, maybe – some things my mom did when I was younger made me feel like it was really hard to lose weight and feel good and it wasn't attainable without hating yourself, right? So I think, you know, the food thing a lot stems from beliefs and I've totally changed my beliefs. And I think that's why I can now happily say that I'm maintaining a body that I really enjoy in a healthy way while indulging every single day, like you just said, in things that I really right. love. And it doesn't feel hard because overeating doesn't feel good anymore, you know, because right. it never did. When you go back to how it feels, you don't want to overeat and, and be unkind to your beautiful body. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure you experience this once you get back to how it feels. It's not about the weight anymore. What you always wanted was to feel your best and to feel your most beautiful and energized and vibrant self. And often we don't feel our most energized and vibrant self when we are overindulging or we're eating something that is not aligning with our body. And you totally hit the nail on the head when you said you change your beliefs. And as humans, we really get programmed by what we're taught. Our parents, our teachers, the people in the media, people that we soak in information from. And that's not our fault. Humans, we get programmed very easily. So undoing those programs, which is much more of an inner journey and a spiritual journey, reflects then in every area of your life, including food. And Mm -hmm. it does feel so good. Tell me how you've changed some of your beliefs. I know you love meditating. Me too. What like what kind of practices? We could even talk spirituality, but what kind of like inner deep personal develop development work has really helped you? Oh my gosh. So I've done everything and I'll say this all with a grain of salt because I call myself a human guinea pig. I'm a reflector in human design. So 
human design, if you know very much manifesting about it. generator. I think I see that. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that in you. I love manifesting generators. Reflectors are pretty much the opposite. So we are the 1%. We, all of our chakras in our body are wide open. So if you look at a manifesting generators chart, you probably have a lot of colors in your chart. Your chakras are all colored in and your gates and different things. And if you look at a reflectors chart, it's totally translucent. So I not only reflect to people what they are, I'm kind of a mirror for them, especially when I'm living in my aligned self. If not, then not a mirror at all. But if you're an aligned reflector, you can really reflect people back to themselves. And then on the flip side of the coin with that, um, we are such sensitive sponges in the world. So I have had to work really hard on energetic boundaries for myself because I realize, oh, wow, I really soak in energy. And also that means if I'm around toxic energy or if I am consuming toxic energy online or in real life and in person, then I'm going to soak in those programs. So I really had to take a step back there and learn what it means to be a reflector. So I've dove deep into human design and astrology, and that has been so healing for me. And then beyond that, I have done things. Oh, so this is what I was saying. I got off topic, a human guinea pig. So since I am such a human guinea pig, I don't really recommend to people that they do what I have done because I think it's a lot. I think it's really deep. I go really deep so that I can come back and share with people my findings. And I don't necessarily recommend that they do all these things unless they feel called to do them. But I'm the type of person who has to hit a really major rock bottom in order to bounce back and get up and feel good and make the changes in my life. So my big rock bottoms were like, I got sick with chronic Lyme disease, very sick. Um, Thought I was going to die, had a lot of near-death experiences. And even when I didn't think I was going to die, I felt like I wanted to die because I couldn't get out of bed for two or three years. And so hard coming from this place of like I told you, I was always obsessed with health and wellness and all those things. And I got so sick. So from there, I've tried a lot of things in the realm of healing and spirituality. Some of those things are plant medicine. And when I've done plant medicine journeys and connected with my ancestors, I learned that I was carrying a lot of DNA programming that was not mine. So specifically with me, my paternal lineage has been a lineage of like feeling like they're not enough, a lot of pain, feeling like they're not worthy, feeling like even if they were literally handed everything in the world on a silver platter, it would still not be enough. So that's my paternal lineage. That's my dad. That's my grandmother my siblings, and not saying that everyone um, is that way, but it's manifested in all of our bodies and all of our psyches in a different way. So what I learned through these plant medicine journeys and going on these journeys, connecting with my grandmother and her mother and her mother's mother and like all the way back to the beginning of time, I saw that I came here to break that pattern in my ancestral lineage. And that's a lot because, oh my gosh, in my physical body, I'm holding the pain of centuries and it's not mine. And I'm holding also the pain of these people who are actually in my life, who I love and I'm so close to, like my father and my siblings. And, and he bumps. That's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. 
full chills. So I've gone on these journeys. I've gone so deep. I've experienced pain that I hope no one in the world has to experience like the depths of that pain, but it it gave me all the answers that I needed because my questions were, why am I so sick? Because I know and I believe that everything is energy. So what is this energy? Where did it come from? And it was shown to me, this energy is not yours. Technically it is though, because I came here to reverse these patterns and we are all made up of the people who came before us and the people in our families, whether we like it or not, but we have all the power to be the change, to make the change. We heal ourselves and inevitably we start to heal the people around us, um, specifically in our families. And then hopefully the message goes further and further and further. Like that's the good thing about having a podcast because the message can reach other people. So I've done a lot of ancestral healing and I teach other people how to do that. Um, In my soul courses, waking back up to your own soul, which I would love to have you do at some point. I could, I could see you dying. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's been the healing, most healing thing for me of all. Um, And it's deep work. And like I said, it's not for everybody that can get really scary and you have to have proper boundaries. Um, Because what I learned through all this work is that I am an ancient soul. I'm an ancient soul. So I'm 30 years old. I'm a child at heart. I'm, young, 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 but my soul is ancient. And that's also why I kind of carry myself with the energy of a grandmother or like a great grandmother. Like my husband, he's this puppy soul. I always say he takes care of me. He takes care of my human self and I take care of his spirit. And cause I'm like this great grandmother who just kind of needs to be like resting a lot. Um, there's a lot of things that I don't like to do that are like human stuff. And so that is something that I've had to see over the last few years. It's actually a gift and it's not a burden. And rather than feeling so other and so wrong and so like there's something wrong with me because I'm so different than, um, no, it's beautiful. And that's my gift to share with the world is that you can be exactly who you are and your soul. We came here to be that person and just own it and own everything about who you are. So that is like number one has been so healing. Number two, I've done a lot of connecting with my soul on various planes, various realms, different planets, different parallel universes. And I know, I mean, people listening in your audience, they might be like, what? What is she talking about? And um, I am the human guinea pig. So when it comes to connecting with otherworldly beings and with souls and angels and aliens, I do that kind of stuff. I Through meditation? Them. How do well, you do it? It started in meditation. Now it's just part of, it's part of my, the way that I just carry myself in the world. So like if when I'm looking at somebody, I can see their face shape shift. I can see the color of their aura. I can see the angels that are with them. I can see the spirit guides. I can see their past lives. I have literally (laughs) goosebumps. That's crazy. It's crazy and it's so fun and um, it happens with, happens, it happens more and more often the more that I've stepped into 
these gifts and aligned with who I am in my heart rather than rather than running from it, which is what I had done for the first 27 years of my life. And then I went through my Saturn return, which you will go through when you're 27 or 28. And it's like a two-year process. And that's when everything shifts. Everything shifts. Things can shift before that and after that, but it's typically a very transformative time. That's when my health broke down, but that's when I awakened psychically. And that's when I connected to all my angels and loved ones and realized that I was a cosmic soul. And I have an alien soul living on a different planet that I talk to every single day now. And that's been healing. Because if you are this cosmic soul here in a human body, then yes, it's pretty typical to get very sick. And so that's been, I would say, energetically so much more healing than anything I've done physically. But I don't ignore the physical world and the human world. I still see my doctors. I still am on herbal protocols. I'm very strict with my diet for healing. Strict is the wrong word, but I'm very dedicated to my healing diet because it's been so helpful to me. I exercise, I move, I see acupuncturists, I love therapy. So I'm very rooted because I've learned the higher you go cosmically, the more important it is to stay so grounded. Um, or else you can kind of lose yourself. Wow. You don't, I don't want to spend this human life um, thinking about how hard it is to be here. I want to love every single bit of it and feel so much joy. So yeah, those have been some huge things. Incredible. You know, I think about you, Jordan, and just the more that I learn about you, the more that I see you are so strong and grounded and like you said, like the ancient soul. But then at the same time, you are light and, and just pure and just not like, not, I don't want to say not grounded, but like, you're not like heavy and old, like you're light at the same time. You're at that perfect juxtaposition between the two. It's like, you're a wise grandmother, like you said, and a playful bright eyed child at the same time. And it's so interesting to see. I actually don't think I know many other people like that at all. I know it's wild, but I feel like you're kind of like that. And I think as you, um, you know, throughout your twenties, I think you're going to tap into that a lot. I can kind of see that for your future. Really? Remind me a lot of myself at 24 <laughs> and you're actually probably a lot more grounded and a lot more wise than I was as my human self at 24. But I think, I mean, the fact that you're even aware that you can see that in me means that you have that in you. And that's probably the coolest thing I've learned about people on this journey. What people see in you, especially because I'm a reflector, is, is what they have inside of them. And it's so beautiful. And so that's why... Um, when I get any negativity online or hate, it's so much easier to brush it off now. It's always going to hurt. I'm still sensitive. But I know, oh gosh, that's how they feel about themselves. How sad. And then when someone tells me you're so light-filled and you're ancient, and I'm like, oh my God, you see me. Meaning that you see <laughs> yourself, which is so beautiful. Wow. And I know that you're friends with Kenzie, our beautiful yes. Cindy Burke. She is so wise, ancient, and so light-filled and young too. And she's, I mean, she's like, you know, my sister. Like she's so parallel on this, yeah. on this path. And when you're on this path, 
you just meet, you just inevitably, inevitably meet the people that you're supposed to meet. And then you learn so much from them and give so much in return. Absolutely. Yeah. Kenzie is incredible. She really is amazing. And and I'm very excited for her travels coming up because I went through a very similar thing a few years ago. I I definitely like I I see myself in both of you. So it's so interesting to me, you know, even if it's through Instagram, it's crazy that it's all through Instagram these days. But I I love how we have platforms and everyone in the world has social media because we don't have to settle for friendships from people that we know from like our hometown. You know what I mean? I don't I know one person now from my hometown. <laughs> Right? I know. It's so interesting. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, on that note, I've been thinking about that a lot because I feel so beyond thankful for the people that I've met on this journey and people who are doing similar things and different things, but people who see you in your soul. That's like the biggest gift we could ever be given, especially for those of us who are different and out there and maybe weren't seen in our souls for a long time. Um, but I have this kind of interesting scenario where a lot of my best friends have been my best friends since kindergarten and because and they're not on this spiritual journey in the same way but um I see how my role is to kind of like teach it to them and like it get it kind of like permeates into them over time my -hmm. friends since I was young my friends since college and um I'm a Libra and Libras are all about friendships relationships how other people see you, you know, maintaining, like I've almost never lost a friend in my entire life. And the only times I have are when I've had to actually instill boundaries because it doesn't feel good. And so I've come to how good that can be. Um, But what, yeah, what I've learned is that um, to be friends with people who aren't really on the spiritual path is also a gift Mm -hmm. because the gifts you get to give to them are huge, huge. When other people who are on this path, they're like, I already know that, you know, and, and they teach me things too. They teach me, um, to be more human and watching the path of them accepting what I've become reminds me how good humanity can be. Um, Cause even people who are so different than you, like it was a big deal when I was like 24 and I stopped drinking alcohol and um, there was a lot of judgment and people were triggered. And I, I really like felt during that time, like I wonder if I'm going to lose any friends over this or if these people understand me at all. And now that I'm t- 30 and a lot of my friends are turning that age too, Everybody gets it. They support it. And even when I say things like, oh, maybe I want to have some alcohol, they're like, no, that doesn't align with you. And just to watch the trajectory of people growing up and the acceptance and the love, I think the more we accept ourselves, the more other people will accept us too. Mm -hmm. That said, I feel like I have a very unique situation where I grew up with very good people around me. Um, And I feel so, I feel like that's the biggest gift in my whole life, my mm-hmm. friends and my family. I could cry just thinking about them. It's such a gift. And then people out there who are looking for their tribe, I what I say is just become the most aligned version of you. And there's no timeline and it does take time. And eventually the toxic relationships will fall away and the beautiful friendships will form. Mm-hmm. And if people are struggling to find that, I mean, the community that you've cultivated, the community that I've cultivated, 
that those are good places to go to meet Absolutely. like-minded people. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I love seeing people become friends who listen to my podcast or who read my blog. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you have the same yeah. in this yeah. beautiful community. It's so fun. It's so fun. It's incredible. Oh my gosh. I want to pick your brain so much right now. So I've been doing a lot more spiritual work over the past, I would say, year very much so over the past four months, I've actually been working with like an intuitive coach every single week. She's basically my therapist slash, you know, throws in a little bit of woo woo stuff here and there. She's medium, but also just like a very big person in my life, Mads. And um, yeah, you know, we've been doing a lot of work. And for me, I was initially attracted to this work of manifestation, energy, this, that. I've been delving into books, going to a Joe Dispenza event in January. Like I'm, yeah, so excited. Um, And just being really, I've naturally felt very attracted to it. And when I started working with her, my first intention was just, I want to manifest like crazy. Like I want to create, I want to be better. I want to, you know, just step into my my power, my ultimate power. I want to be superhuman. Like that's just the big goal, right? And the more work that we've done together, the more spiritual it's become. And I didn't expect it to be this way. And I find, this is what I want to ask you, I find sometimes I get scared of the work because I'm very sensitive just like you. You're way more powerful, I think, in a sense, because you are like just that ancient power vibe about you. (laughs) But I I get scared sometimes to really bring it to the next level because I don't know. I don't like the unknown, but I know that I need to be in the unknown to create. I just, I have this weird thing with fear about that. Right. Have you ever had that? Yes. But okay. So my question for you is what are you afraid of? I like those scary movies that my sister forced me to watch when I was 10 years old with the ghosts and the like possessed things. I'm not into it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, I get that. I've definitely had fear. And um, I have this interesting juxtaposition about myself where I'm not afraid of many things. Like I'm not afraid of most things, which is why I can be the human guinea pig. And then I can come back and tell people, well, that was dangerous and that was scary and don't do that. And like only do that (laughs) if you're ready. Um, And lately I've had a situation with a ghost that is kind of scary. And um, it reminds me that boundaries are so important and uh, none of us are immune to it. We all get scared. We are human. It's part of, there's a lot of fear of elevating to the next level. So there's two types of fear. I think there's the fear of being so powerful that you're going to be superhuman and take over the world. And that's terrifying because for me, I mean, we all have our blocks with that. My block is like, oh, I'm sensitive. I get tired. I really don't want to be superhuman because then I won't have any energy. And that's like terrifying because I've struggled with my energy since I've gotten sick and I'm not sick anymore. I don't call myself sick anymore. So there's that. So one thing I would encourage you to do is ask yourself, what scares you about being the most powerful version of yourself? Because we all have a different answer to that question. And Marianne Williamson has that beautiful quote, um, 
I'm going to butcher it, but it's like what we fear the most is becoming the most powerful version of ourselves. It's, it's so beautiful. We should look it up and put it in the show notes or whatever. It's the best quote ever. And it's long and it's from her book, return to love. And she's such a, I just bought that book. I just got it two days ago off Amazon. Crack it open after this talk. Like it's going to change your life. That changed my life. I read it around the time that I was like your age. And, um, the other part of fear is that scary stuff, the unknown, the dark energy. Mm-hmm. There is a duality. There's the light and there is the darkness. And I really believe that all of us humans who came to earth at this time came here with the goal of being pure light. And some people get sucked into the darkness and then we have to deal with that because there's people who are dark and then there's spirits who are dark and there's entities that are dark. So having a really strong boundary is so important and something that you can do if you feel like there's spirits around you or like you're opening up and you're channeling and you're manifesting and you're not sure what energy is in your midst, you can just get really clear and just be like, every single day I say this and every single night before I go to sleep, I say, only spirits of the highest and greatest good are allowed in this space and any spirit that is not of the highest and greatest good is not allowed in this space, not allowed in my home, not allowed in this entire building, not allowed in my entire city. Like I'm just like pushing it out, pushing out. And you can envision yourself literally like, no, pushing it out and then surrounding yourself in white light, pink light, whatever makes you feel protected. And then if you don't feel safe still, you can call on your loved ones. We all have loved ones who have passed on or ancestors or spirit spirit guides, and they'll protect you because they can see the energy that we can't see. So like I have my spirit guides that I call on. One of those is my grandfather and then my grandmother from my mother's side. And I can feel them protecting me. Yeah. Um, yeah and I've had this situation wow. lately with a ghost. Who, what happened, if you don't mind sharing? Um, yeah. I mean, so this is like a good, a good ghost. He was a good person and I knew him. And he lived in my building and he passed away um, at the beginning of the quarantine. It was very sad. He was a young man. And ever since then, I have been seeing his ghost. And that was one of the first times that I would actually see a real ghost because normally I'm more, not as visual, visual with other things, but not ghosts. Um, and my you actually pa- saw what he looked like him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, it wasn't really, it didn't look like him as a person, but it was more of like a translucent type of situation. And so my cat was seeing it too. My cat Hudson, cause, cause cats can see everything. Yeah. The animals are so intuitive. And my cat would run to where this man lived and just just paw at the door and meow and freak out. And so I was like, oh, I know, I know he's here. So I just started to try to talk to him and um, had really good experiences with him. He's really nice. He was a nice person. Now he's a nice ghost. But then he started to get kind of angry. And I knew it was because he didn't get to really share with his family before he passed away any final words. Um, And he was coming to me because I live right here and all of his stuff is still right there down the hall. Um, Coming to me because he knew that I could share this message either with his family or just kind of help bring him into the light. So I felt like the energy was getting really angry and really dark and I was getting really scared. And then my husband went out of town and then I was like, oh God, because that's my protection. My husband is purely earth. 
He doesn't do any of this stuff. So spirits don't really come around him. And so when he's here, I feel good. And then he's gone. And I already have issues with like, I have insomnia. And so I was just awake knowing that this dark energy was here, asking it to leave, but not being fully in my power. Cause I'm like, Oh no, but you're nice. I like you and don't be mad. And so now I've kind of, I've helped carrying him into the light. I haven't spoken to his family cause I just really don't know if it's my place. I'm trying to figure that out. And I still work with my mediums and teachers who teach me and they're encouraging me to do what's best. You know, I don't have to speak to his family unless it feels right. Um, so I'm in the process of that. It's not like it's over yet, but, um, but now I feel, I feel safer. I feel like he's not as angry. So yeah, there's fear. Yeah. There's fear. There's always fear, but I do believe the light trumps all. And, um, if you feel dark energy, you can make it go away. I just didn't want to make him go away. He lives here. So that was like a very different type of situation. That's crazy. Wow. I totally resonate with you. Um, cause my, my boyfriend, he's very human. (laughs) Doesn't even honestly, doesn't even believe in what we're talking about right now. Like he's so like, he doesn't, he's not mean about it. He is so cool with me doing whatever I want. He just thinks, you know, it's just almost just not, he's, you know, engineering background, very analytical, won't believe it till he sees it, but he wouldn't be able to see it until he allowed it to, you know, be there. Right. So, um, it's, it's funny because what you said there about, your husband kind of being grounded in the like in in the home with you I feel the same with Ben I feel so safe when he's here and it's not that I feel like dark energy ever it's just more so like getting to the next level of my spirituality like you need to release some sort of like holding on to something there right like in my meditations I do really deep meditations I often feel like I stop before I go even too deep because I'm scared of what I'll see maybe you know so yes. I think I think, more practice. I think that's, yeah, well, it's all part of waking up. It's all part of it. And I don't even think it's more practice. It's just you need to know how powerful you are. And that going to that next level is good. It's, there's nothing bad that's going to come from it. And I think that you diving into that question, what are you afraid of with becoming so powerful, will be huge. Because okay. we all we all have that. It's like, okay, well, if I'm really powerful, then what if I don't have time for my relationship anymore? What if I, you know, we all have these blocks and it could be anything. Yeah. Um, so you go into it and then you reassure your soul and your subconscious and your higher yeah. self. I am ready for it. I do want this. And then your soul will only give you as much as you're ready for. Yeah. And the awakening, I, I always want, want things to happen immediately. And yesterday was such a testament to me about why things should take time. And I had this podcast come out yesterday that was full aliens channeling ghosts, angels, past lives, um, talking about my past lives, all the things. And my mom listened to it. My mom is like my best friend, one of my biggest supporters. And she is so earthly too. And, um, 
she, she basically texted me and she was like, loved the episode. I'm so happy that this has been a slow journey so that you could bring people along with you. Um, because if you just started talking about this stuff out of the blue one day, everybody would be like, what the actual fuck, <laughs> including my family. And so it's been like a four-year process so far. And thank God for that because I could slowly, four years ago, be like, so – there's a shaman who told me about the aliens and I was just working it all out on the podcast with my family talking about it before it was even a big part of my life. And so it's, it, it's good that things don't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. If they do happen overnight, um, it's just a lot. It can be too much. It can be too much for our bodies. So that's why I think I got so sick too. So beyond the whole paternal lineage DNA stuff, I also feel like I got really sick because I literally awakened like this overnight. I started seeing people's faces shape shift and I had a shaman tell me, if you don't listen to this, if you don't follow this gift and this calling and really give time to it, you're going to get very sick. And I was just like, what? I was like 26 and I just, I didn't really know how to go deeper into it. And then I did get really, really, really sick. And then I kept resisting it, kept running away from it Mm -hmm. for all these internal resistance reasons. And it's taken a while and it's all in perfect timing. And people always come to me and they're like, I, I want to wake up in this way. I want it to happen now. Why is it so slow? Why can't I channel yet? My manifestations don't work. And I always say, trust the process. You're not behind. You could never be behind. If you're aware of this stuff at all, you're right on time. You're mm-hmm. divinely right on time. Totally. So what's it like, the shape, the face shape shifting? What is that? I don't know what that is Uh, yet. Yeah, I know. I know. That's a (laughs) personal gift. Um, I don't hear about other people doing this very much. So I would love to hear from someone else who's been doing this for a long time because I still don't know what it means as much. But um, what I believe it is when I see people's faces shape shifting is I can start to see their past lives coming through them and I can also see their spirit guides coming through them and then I can see where their soul is connected to cosmically if they're Pleiadian for example which is a specific type of star seed and I think you're Pleiadian and then um, there's Syrians and there's Andromedans and there's all these different star systems and then sometimes I'll see people's faces erase completely and then I'll just oh see galaxies and then I know they're really from the stars and they're anciently from the stars and that I know them from that place. And then sometimes I'll see animals in people's faces, um, spirit animals. And other times I'll see something that doesn't make sense to me. And then I'll tell them what I see and they'll freak out. And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you saw that. That was like my childhood pet and like, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I'm, it's just a way to see people's energy. And it's like, I see people's souls. I don't see their human self as much. And that's when I'm living my most aligned self. And it really only happens with other people who have done work on themselves. And if they've never done work on themselves and it happens, I take them aside and I say, you are such an old soul and it's so beautiful. And like, you have a lot 
of stuff to dive into and then they do and then their whole life changes because they get you know into the spiritual stuff too my gosh how can you see everyone's aura every single person like what's do you have to like what's it like seeing it do you have to kind of get into the zone or when you're grocery shopping you see everyone's aura Like, how does it work? (laughs) I think it depends on the situation. I think I have to kind of open up that energy because I do have a boundary because I've learned to have that boundary. So in the grocery store, not as much, but it'll happen. It happens the most with people who I have a really strong soul connection to. So I could be in the grocery store. I wouldn't be seeing it with everybody. But if I saw one person who I'm supposed to know or who I do know, or for whatever reason, there's like, we're supposed to talk, I'll see it in them. And so that's what's really interesting. And it helps me to determine which energies are pure and like where to spend my time kind of. Um, but like, for example, at my wedding, I looked out into the group audience. There were 201 people there, which is my lucky number. And um, I could see every single person's aura. And it was just, it was like a main aura color for the whole gathering, which was like pink and purple. And then I saw one person's aura be really black. And um, that was someone who wasn't happy for us, who has like a lot of issues and triggers. This person's in my family. And like, you have to invite your family to your wedding, but some people just can't be happy for you if they're not happy for themselves. Because I'm so energy, I mean, so energy, because I'm so sensitive to energy. I had to really try to block that out because if I see something like that, even on Mm -hmm. the happiest day of my life, it is very distracting and it's very hard. And then I feel sad because I only want the best for everybody. And I can't really understand why other, you know, some people aren't like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I can look back on it now and be like, wow, the energy was so heightened on that day. That's why I could see the colors. And it was like, it was such a signified moment in time, super significant. And then at other times when I'm doing like a plant medicine, so like ayahuasca or something that's not a plant medicine, but is still like a healing type of psychedelic is ketamine. And Oh, no um, way. You do that? How? Well, the only thing I've heard of that is that like people can overdose on it easily. I guess with plant medicine, you don't do a lot of it, right? Obviously. Right. So ketamine, I would definitely only recommend to do in a very um, safe place. And I don't do that on the regular or anything. I was doing it with my Lyme doctor because at very progressive doctor's offices, they can offer ketamine IVs, which help with pain, depression, suicidal thoughts, anxiety, um, Lyme disease. And so that's what I was doing it for. I was like my pain and then the anxiety mm-hmm. that comes, it can rewire your brain. If So it's like a Joe Dispenza type of thing. If you're stuck on a certain pattern and you don't yeah. believe that the pain can go away, ketamine c- can be the type of thing that could show you a different alternative path. So when I was having ketamine IVs in my doctor's office, I then could see my mom who was with me. I could see her face shape shift. And that was something that I couldn't usually see. And then it was so emotional and beautiful because I was telling my mom, oh my God, your face is shape-shifting. You're an angel. Oh my God. And and that kind of stuff is beautiful because I believe with these psychedelic medicines that should only be done in very safe places, it just 
unlocks parts of our brain that are not turned on. And so now I can't look at my mom without seeing those things because mm-hmm. you can't unsee what you've seen. And wow. I saw like, her mother with her and it was so beautiful. Oh my God. That's so crazy. Wow. Can you like, did this all happen really I know you said your your awakening was quick, but did you being able to physically see things differently in your life happen quickly or it just slowly evolved? It was slow and fast because I've been told it was fast by like the some of the spiritual teachers in my life because I just move fast. That's just the way I move with everything. But then I moved too fast and then I got really sick. And then um I just believe my human body could not catch up to the things that I was starting to know. And then it it was slow. I mean, over the last four years, I would say like, if that's considered slow, it was slow because I would only see certain people's face shape shift. And at first it was only shamans Mm -hmm. and they were teaching me and they were like mentors. And then when it started happening more in the world with other people who I find to be really powerful people, I was like, whoa. And then when it happened with other people who weren't even awake at all to their gifts, that's when I learned, okay, I think my soul, my higher self is trusting me with this gift now because if this had all happened right away, I mean, imagine like what they used to do to people who, you know, if this happened 50 years ago, I would have been institutionalized. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If I was like, oh my God, you're an alien and like yeah. your face. And that's really scary and really sad. So mm-hmm. I definitely had a lot of, oh my God, I I think a lot about this mental health stuff and people who are struggling with their mental health. I strongly believe they're only awakening. They're only old souls who are like struggling to be here. So they just need the right help. And that's a whole different thing. But yeah, it was slow. And now I feel like my soul and my guides, they finally trust me as a human enough to hold this gift and share it with only the right people and not let it overtake my life, but let it be this beautiful part of my life. Wow. That's amazing and so incredible to hear. I love expanding my brain to all of these things. And again, like I said, very new to me in a sense and it, it just so fascinating to me at the same time so just one final question like what does your day look like what is the most ideal day for jordan to feel her absolute best to be thriving from start to finish what's like your perfect day oh wow i love that question so my perfect day i would probably be in hawaii because <laughs> that is my happy place one of my happy places or anywhere on the beach Hawaii, Malibu, I would wake up on the beach in a beautiful house and wake up with my husband and my cat, have some celery juice. Jonathan would make it for me because part of my perfect day is not making it myself (laughs) and then have some coffee. My favorite pleasure in life is a cup of coffee in the morning, organic, mold-free, all the things. And 
I would lay there with them and cuddle and journal and read and have a really slow, relaxing morning. Maybe do some meditation, maybe take a bath. I take my mornings really slow. And that's part of getting back into that feminine energy Mm -hmm. that has been so healing to me. And then I would go for a walk on the beach, either with Jonathan or by myself, listen to a podcast, something that's so inspiring. And then I would sit on the beach and write. Writing is like my soul. That's my happy place. Writing books, memoir, fiction, poetry, all those things. I feel like that's what I came here to do. So in a channeled kind of way, I would do that. And then I would meet up with some friends, some beautiful friends who give me energy, who I don't feel drained with, have a beautiful plant-based meal, and probably hang out with them and watch the sunset. And at some point in there, I would do yoga or a walk, just move my body, and then have an early night in with Jonathan and have some delicious plant-based food and do the sauna, watch a movie, and go to bed. That's my perfect day. I love that so much. Simple Simple pleasures in life. I want that day. That is my dream day. (laughs) Every time I get to have a day like that, I'm so happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. I live in the Bahamas, so I should probably have more days like that. You should. That's where you live. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. I just moved here like three months ago. That's what I thought. I was watching your Instagram and I was like, is she just on the longest vacation ever? (laughs) Or like, what is this? But where did you live before that? I lived in London for five years. I'm originally from Toronto. So I lived in London and then I was in Vancouver just for like six months earlier this year for some work stuff. And then my boyfriend and I decided to move here (laughs) on a whim. Wow. Do you guys know anybody there? Yeah, I have a little bit of family here and we've met a lot oh, of people. Good. So yeah, yeah, it's good. But it's a great oh my place God, to be great... during the pandemic, I guess. <laughs> right? Oh, such a good place. I mean, you have the beach, you have like the slow paced lifestyle. I'm sure the people there are so kind. They are so kind. That's, yeah, that's the yeah. best. I love it. Okay, let's wrap up this episode. I want to pick your brain after this episode too. (laughs) You guys, I am so happy that this conversation, like it's been just over an hour that went by so quickly. I feel like we had such an amazing conversation and thank you again so much for your time. Where can everyone find you, your podcast, your Instagram? How can they connect with you guys? Please go follow her. She is so inspiring. And every time you see her post or listen to an episode, you'll just feel so good. So thank you. Where can everyone find you, Jordan? I feel the same about you. So they can find me on The Balanced Blonde on Instagram, The Balanced Blonde Podcast, which is also called Soul on Fire, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Thebalancedblonde.com is my website. And those are the best places. I love when people connect I try to answer a lot of my messages, but I'm better with the comments and I just love to connect. So anybody who listened to this episode, who loved it, you got to let us both know, Mm -hmm. tag us. I love to repost. I just love to connect with everybody. It's like a, it's, it makes it, it makes it all so worth it. It's a big community. Yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you so much.